0: Several years ago, I lost my job, underwent a major surgery, had three kids in school, was penniless and with nowhere to go or turn to. I spent most of my days inside my bedroom, feeling sorry for myself, trying to call friends for a job. All of them seemed to be taking a shower or were in a meeting after learning it was me calling. Believe me, it's the fastest way of losing touch with your friends. I just stared at his ceiling all day and contemplated on various ways of committing suicide. However, I realized with a streak of bad luck hounding me, I might just end up failing to kill myself properly. I was really on a tailspin. It was tough, to say the least, but miraculously, I got through all the pain and misery. In today's edition of Masterclass, you'll learn that you need not languish alone. There are people out there, aside from your friends, of course, who are trained to help you get out of the rut. And it's not about getting advice. It's more like getting a clearer picture of where we stand and how to traverse this dark tunnel. Our resident coach, mentor, Arvy Villamarzo, will be our GPS towards the light at the end. This masterclass is brought to you by Cutprint Productions and Cutprint Podcast Network. Hi, Arvy. Welcome back. Hi, George. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, uh, a week uh, since that uh, uh, online uh, coaching session that we did. Very, very nice. it's still. And of course, uh, those of you who haven't uh, listened to it yet, go to Spotify and click on that particular episode. Anyway, RV, I was talking about uh, well languishing and feeling miserable, feeling sorry for yourself. Has this topic been? what you might call on the top 10 of your list of coaching sessions?
1: Oh, definitely, George. Like probably in the last 18 months, more and more people have been talking about, you know, the pandemic and what it has done to them.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have seen all sorts of variations of this. Uh-huh. Now, now you, you said during the pandemic, this has uh, um, seen an upward trend. Why so? Why, why do you think, what do you think the pandemic did uh, to make people feel miserable? I guess
1: their, their world is crumbling, like everything that they knew how to do from how they make money to how they have fun, everything just sort of disappeared. And so now they're left trying to rebuild the pieces of their lives and some of them just don't know where to begin.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And, um, do you call that what? Depression, anxiety, languishing? Well, what's the proper term for that? Well, it it could be
1: anything, George, like, Uh um... Languishing is a new term that just came out recently. Uh-huh. They said it's somewhere between depression and well-being. So it, it's not enough for people to kill themselves,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it's enough for people to feel really
0: low and lacking in energy. Uh huh. And um, how long does this normally happen? Like, uh, for instance, I uh, am a languishing person, so to speak. Like, uh, how long should it take me for... Uh, for me to uh, call someone like you to help me out? I guess it it depends. Like
1: for some people, they don't even know that there's something going on. They just mm-hmm. think that they're, I don't know, maybe they're a little bit down for the day and it could go on forever until they realize that, hey, I'm probably not as productive as I used to be. Or mm-hmm. I'm probably not moving around as much as I used to. And mm-hmm. usually that's the only time they get in touch with someone. Uh-huh.
0: And, uh huh. And how do you handle those cases?
1: Okay, so the, I guess we have to clarify if any, at any time, if someone says, Hey, I want to kill myself, that is a case that coaches usually don't handle. And right. the reason who for that. Who handles those things? Oh, he could be, you know, like a clinical psychologist. Uh huh. And someone who. For example, it tells you that I want to kill other people. Again, mm-hmm. anytime there's killing involved, mm-hmm. ideally it's not a it's not a topic for coaches. We refer them to you know to a clinical psychologist.
0: Uh-huh. But but tell me, uh, more, more often than not, they re- they really don't want to commit suicide, right? They just want to get rid of whatever their problem is.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh-huh. true. Or or some of them don't even know that they have a problem. Uh, an uh-huh. example of that is. They don't want to wake up in the morning. Like they just want to stay in bed for a long time. Uh Uh-huh. Or they... That's what happened to me. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, you made it sound so funny,
0: George. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I've gone through it and uh, uh, I guess uh, looking back at it, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you just have to uh, put some humor into what happened to you. And but it's true. I, I was thinking. I, I really thought that time. If I commit suicide with the luck I've been going through, I might just fail and might live.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> That'll be weird, right?
0: That's so why I, I, you know, I did away with that uh, notion. And uh, um, I guess uh, one of the best things that ever happened to me during those days. Well, I told you, uh, uh, I was penniless. Uh, but during Christmas, I didn't have any, anything to give my kids. Mm. And uh, they gave me a very expensive guitar. Wow. Oh. And uh, that somehow woke me up. Wow. Oh. Uh-huh. And that led to... You know, it's, it's so funny. It was... I don't know if it was serendipitous or what. Uh, that led to our seeing each other once again after several years in a party of a common friend of ours. And which led me to... Uh, joining the BPO industry, see, mm, that mm. was that was the timetable, but uh, prior to everything, the suicide uh, notion was there, see, and I see. It, it's a good thing I, I, I,
1: <laughs> I disregarded it, yeah. But can I ask you, George, like what changed for you when when you saw the guitar?
0: Um, Well, first of all, I I realized, hey, here I am feeling miserable for myself. And here are my kids who should be feeling miserable about themselves too. They're kids and uh, they're supposed to enjoy Christmas and they never got anything from me. And then all of a sudden, they still managed to uh, pool their resources to get me a guitar. And that was something else that that woke me up. And I told myself, "I, I need to stop staring at the ceiling and uh, start doing something about this. Uh, if, right. only, if only do it for my kids. And uh, again, it was very timely. Uh, a week after, a week, couple of weeks after that, I get this invite to a party where I see you. And that's it. Rest is history, of course.
1: Wow. I, for you, George, what did the
0: guitar represent at that moment? Hope. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, I wasn't doing anything. And uh, my kids knew I loved playing the guitar and I didn't have a guitar so they gave me a guitar. Mm. And a guitar which uh, I could have only dreamt of because uh, it was very expensive. I see. Right. So that really that that really was a wake up for me. And uh, ever since that time I told myself, "Hey, I got to get out of this uh well uh, that's I I guess that's um, probably one of the first cases when I told myself, I will not consider a problem a problem anymore. It's just a concern or an issue. Mm. Um, I, I, I vowed to erase the word problem from my vocabulary. And I guess that, that was some, my guiding principle uh, when I started teaching in the BPO industry. And uh, I started training in corporate and other, uh, other establishments. That was my guiding principle. You don't have a problem, you just have a concern.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and as you talk, George, like what I'm getting is, well, number one, the guitar sort of interrupted your normal day-to-day thought uh-huh. patterns. Uh huh. And second, I see that by nature, you're someone who can flip things, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you, you can get lemons and you'll make lemonade,
0: that kind of a, that kind of a guy. I I guess you you are not when you're when you're left with with no choices at all uh you just have to somehow do something about it squeeze, squeeze some juice out of a dried up lemonade or a lemon see and right. uh, that, that's it I don't know um I guess I, I'm just fortunate that uh, I had caring kids I still have uh, caring kids and uh that helped me a lot to overcome all those uh Issues and concerns, and at the same time, it gave me, it gave me um, what you might call courage to join another industry which uh, I wasn't even familiar with. Because when you brought me to that establishment in Makati, I didn't even know what a call center was. So, uh, mm. it, uh, you know, like, uh, it was zero idea. And uh, when we entered the establishment, of course, I was just surprised with the number of computers <clears throat> and uh, the way they talked. That's it. But um, I guess uh, it was meant to be because until now, I'm still doing the same stuff we, you know, we started doing, what, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm. So that's it.
1: And I I guess, George, you're the type of person who can can do that, but there are other people who can't. And, you know, they might probably stay in bed Mm -hmm. for for, for as long as they want. Uh Uh-huh.
0: So, so how do you I mean, handle
1: those cases? Right. Uh, so s- just like what happened, like we try to interrupt their thought patterns. Uh-huh. And the way to interrupt their thought pattern is by getting them to visualize a future. And so what you said was the word hope. Yep. And essentially, if, if we could get them to imagine the future that they would like to have instead of what they have now... hmm that's the thing that gives them hope. And it puts them in a space where, yeah, like I want to do this. And for the first time, you know, it, it breaks them out of the rut that they're in.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, you you try to open up um, some sort of visualization or a, a theater in their minds that uh, they could look forward to this. Is that yeah, uh, yep. what you do? And it could be as simple as, Okay, I get that right
1: now this is not the best time for you, but what would you like to happen instead? Mm-hmm. and then maybe we get them to see, okay, when you have that, like what are people telling you? what do you see around you? So it's mm-hmm. almost like getting them to create something, yeah, you're right, theater in their mind, yeah, that's the mm-hmm.
0: perfect way to put it how 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 do you keep how how do you manage to open them up open them up? I mean, you know not not everyone is uh, probably like me who you know who uh readily open up to you. But what about those who just clam up and uh, answer you with just a yes or no, and that's it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, George. So mm-hmm. typically, that is a conversation killer when someone's someone answers with a yes or no. And yeah. so the way to mm-hmm. get around that is to ask questions that are not answerable by yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> the old, the old BPO tactic. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and actually, that's come to think of it. Now I, I, I'm seeing that you'd probably make uh, a great coach because everything that we've learned from the BPO industry, you can actually uh-huh. apply here.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. That's true. <laughs> and the, uh has it helped a lot of people in your experience uh has it helped them uh, uh just by taking a look at the a rosier future, so to speak
1: yeah, and you know it could be something as simple as let's say someone at work uh-huh. let's say they're doing their job and they no longer find that what motivated them in the past can still motivate them now mm-hmm. and so it's really just a matter of asking them several questions about visualizing a future or
0: thinking of a time when they were able to get themselves out of this, out of a similar situation. Uh Uh-huh. Are you you telling me that uh, you you try to open up motivations, like uh, uh, try to uh, somehow um, what you might call uh, cultivate a, a sort of a motive for them to look forward to? Or do yeah, you suggest or, yeah. uh, or, uh, do you tell them exactly that, uh, you want them to have a motive or do you just, uh, somehow wring it out of them?
1: Right. Uh, it could be something like, okay, like maybe in the last year or so, like what lit you up
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: or, or what got you out of bed mm-hmm. for some, something as simple as that. And when they start talking about it, you know, we simply could say something, like, oh, wow, that sounds great. Could you tell me more about it? And the more they get into the story, the more they start telling you what lit them up, the more it makes them come alive at that very moment.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, what other questions do you ask aside from that? Like, um, okay, let me let me cite an example. What if uh, somebody is uh, heartbroken? Mm-hmm. Like a... Uh, he lost his significant other. Uh, he was dumped by his girl or his uh, boyfriend. Um, h- how do you handle those situations?
1: Right. So I, I know you, you love the term, George. The grief mm-hmm. coach is the perfect person for this. <laughs> 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 I mean, because grieving my is grief. About, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you lost something. Grief is essentially losing uh, but, something or something. But,
0: somebody. you know, uh, you know my, my idea of grief is uh, okay, you lose somebody because he died, not because uh, you were dumped.
1: Yeah, they pretty much. I guess the grief coaches can apply this to anything that you've lost. It could Uh be uh, a job. It could be a loved one. Uh huh. Um, And essentially, it's it's this is the tricky part because you Uh have to talk them and you have to let them talk enough so that they feel like they've vented. Uh huh. But at the same time, not to get them even more stuck in the problem because what happens to some people is sometimes when they talk about everything the the tragedy becomes so much more real for them uh-huh so somewhere along the way once the coach made them feel that yeah i got to you understand what you're going through they have to flip it by asking that magic question so what would you like to happen now or what would be useful for you now and that question
0: puts them in a frame of mind that is more positive uh-huh what if uh, you know so you you ask that question so what would you want to happen now yeah and then uh, your coach he says I just want to die. I, I just want to. Mm, right.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so that's a great do? question.
1: <laughs> and thank God I haven't encountered something like that, George. I mean, because if I did, you know, as a coach, I am bound to refer them to a clinical psychologist. psychologist right yeah. away. Uh-huh. But I have seen, you know, there's this, there's this field called solution focused brief therapy. Mm-hmm. It's it's therapy but it doesn't take years usually in about two or three sessions people can do it and I heard the founder of SFBT actually encounter a question like that Mm -hmm. and so the the guy said yeah I just want to die Mm -hmm. and and this is the clever question that he asked he said okay and when you die what's next Mm -hmm. and that got the guy thinking Mm -hmm. it's like yeah. Like, I don't know what's next. Like he was stuck in a pattern where he just said, I want to die. I want to die. I want to die.
0: Mm-hmm. i thinking about what does that accomplish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or- Maybe he was just trying to convince himself, uh, okay, it's all right to be dead when he's actually scared of it. Right?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> then I thought, and, and when I listened to that sample conversation, uh-huh. I realized, so you can do anything pretty much that interrupts their thought patterns. Uh-huh. And once you interrupt their thought patterns,
0: something new becomes possible. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's, that, it's, um, it's, just like, it's just like how you raise kids.
1: Mm, tell me about
0: that. Right,
1: <laughs> so I don't have kids.
0: Like uh, they, they're so focused on something and uh, you have a hard time uh, getting them out of that something they're focused on. So you have to create a diversion where their, their fo- uh, thoughts shift to that other, uh, that other thing or toy or a situation. See? Oh, right. So uh, in other words, it's, it's basically distraction, uh, for lack of a better term. Maybe distract them from their uh, current train of thought and uh, steer them towards another more positive train of thought.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: I uh-huh. never saw it that way before. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, look
1: at this shiny toy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh,
1: look at the cat. <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: I, I mean, you know that—that's what we do with kids. <laughs> It's—it's a—it's a—it's a fail-safe method of uh, making them do what you want them to do, especially when they—they uh, they tend to be hard-headed at the age of two or three, mm. when everything they say is no. Wow. See. That's, uh, that's how we try to somehow uh, control them and uh, make them realize that they should do something else than what they want to do. Uh, we try to distract them. Or uh, maybe it's as, something as simple. I, I mean, you know, I don't know if this is effective, but this has been uh, handed down for generations. I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rambling here. It's been, <laughs> it's been handed down for generations. Infants, all right? When they have hiccups. I don't Mm. know if this was done to you by your mom. When they have hiccups, um, I remember my mom doing this to my siblings and we did this to our kids too. When they have hiccups, a cotton ball on water and place it on their forehead. Mm. And then in a couple of minutes, the hiccups are gone. Wow. Because, uh, you know, uh, uh, some people have been telling, uh, the, the, uh, I guess the, the reason for that, according to the oldies, is uh, uh, infants or babies uh, concentrate too much on their hiccups. That's why it doesn't go away. But if they're distracted and that cotton ball, uh, the wet cotton ball, um, somehow takes over whatever they're, uh, they're uh, being concerned about, they totally forgot, forget about the hiccup, and they get rid of it. Wow, well, that's <laughs> that's cool.
1: Oh, <laughs> you know what, George? Ball. Yeah. Now that you have talked about that, you know, I I read somewhere that that's exactly how you train killer whales in Florida. Really? Like how? Yeah. Because these things are huge, right? And they can right. kill you anytime. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you want to go the if you want them to go to, let's say, point A, mm-hmm. and they don't go to point A. You can't just, you know, hit them and and say, go to point A Uh
0: because
1: they might kill you. Uh So what they do is they they distract the killer whales and say, hey, look at this. And they do that several times until eventually the killer whale actually does go to point A. So Uh I can't push them. I have to attract them towards a new Uh
0: something. And trigger a reflex action from them.
1: Yeah, because otherwise,
0: (laughs) I don't know, they might kill you or something. All right, very nice. So th- that's applicable to people, apparently, at to human beings.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and it's done through, through questions. Uh, Uh, so for, for example, let's say someone says, I hate my life. I hate my job. You know, Mm -hmm. I hate my people. Like I have a team of 10 people and it could, it could be something as simple as, okay, I I get it. I get it that you, you, you don't like a lot of things, but looking at your life
0: right now, what are the things that you do like? Mm -hmm. Are you asking me or uh, that's what you ask? uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's what we Uh asked. Or it Uh could be
1: something like, you know, like all my team members are crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay when you said all do you actually mean all 10 of them are crazy mm-hmm. and then they go oh no actually like 3 of them are pretty good and then you say okay tell me about the 3 you're pretty good so it's really just a matter of flipping and flipping and flipping until they see oh you know what i've been exaggerating mm-hmm. and it just makes me feel good to rant but really mm-hmm. they, they, they have to stop <laughs> ranting for them to see what's possible
0: you know, I remember uh, several years ago, uh, we were in this uh, BPO, and I was asked to do a stress management uh, workshop, which I've never done before, right? Mm. But uh, somehow, I was able to do it uh, with uh, some relaxing music. It was all conditioning again. I uh, I I held it in a room uh, with no furniture at all except pillows, beanbags. Wow. Oh. And then I, 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 I I had a sort of a stereo set there playing very soft, very relaxing music. And, uh, I told them just to sit down and, uh, just relax. Some of them fell asleep. Some of them approached me and started ranting, right? And, uh... Um I asked them what what their issues are and most of them I don't know uh, if this happens to you uh, you've been doing a lot of corporate training too uh, a lot of them hate their jobs not because of the job not because of the company but because of the boss they work with mm. uh, it, th- does that happen to you too Yeah I guess it's I mean to me
1: personally yes there have been times when I when, when I hated my boss I mean uh-huh. not now I think mm-hmm. I think I've found you know like a great Uh, boss. Uh Um, But in the past, yes, specifically if, you know, this is my pet peeve, someone who is not very bright, not very smart. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And I I really would not like to have that as a boss. But if you're asking, do I hear people rant about not, you know, having a boss that they don't like working for? Yeah, it happens all Mm. the time
0: happens all the time. And uh, would you consider that the main reason why uh, there's attrition going on in a lot of companies?
1: Yeah, George, like uh, I remember we saw that data. This is the number one reason why people leave their companies. But I recently read also that, you know, with, with more and more kids entering the workforce, mm-hmm. apparently the, the younger, the very young Gen Ys,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they don't mind working for a boss who is very difficult. Uh huh. Um, as a matter of fact, like I heard someone say, I wouldn't mind working for someone who barks at me all day long. If mm-hmm. I know that I'm learning something from them. And what right. they're realizing now is that the Gen wise leave, not because they have a bad boss, but because they're not learning anymore. Oh,
0: okay. That's, that's some food for the thought. So that means they, they, they're on the lookout for progress too. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. and it, it Which, doesn't. Yeah, go ahead, Guy, I, I, I never realized that because you know, you know, um, I had this uh, impression that Gen Ys especially are so entitled that they think they're the best uh, people in the world. Right, right. And then that's, all, that's true. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, now that you're telling me that, that means they have something to look for. Uh, they they look forward to something. They uh, and they have an eye for improvement, so self improvement all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and that's interesting because, you know, gen wise, they, they've been described as needing friendship because their, their parents treated them well. They were not spanked. Mm-hmm. And you know, their teachers are very careful because <laughs> their teachers were going to get in trouble mm-hmm. if if they you know too if they were too harsh on the kids. But surprisingly, I guess by the time they get to the workforce, some of them would want to look for the same sort of caring that they had, but some oh. of them will also go. But I already have that kind of caring from my family mm-hmm. and from mm-hmm. my friends. And if you're mm-hmm. mean to me, well, I probably can tolerate you because I'm getting something else
0: from you. Mm, I see. I guess that's the reason why the military has become very popular now among Jan Weiss. Oh, wow. Really? Uh-huh. Hmm. A lot of, you know, a lot of kids nowadays, so uh, dream of joining the military. Of course, in the United States, it's really, it's really popular because uh, you get all, a lot yeah. of benefits if you join the military, like uh, you get uh, scholarships in uh, this, the university of, of your choice. Uh, so I guess it, Works both ways. Um, yeah, and a lot of them. A lot of them aim for the Marines, which is, uh, I mean, you know, that's hell on earth. Yeah, are joining the Marines. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's wow. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to uh, we've we've you know we've digressed a lot, but uh, you know, okay, so you have that coaching session with someone uh, who's a languisher, so to speak, and then after this conversation, what ends up happening? Hmm. So the moment they begin to imagine the future that they want,
1: mm-hmm. uh, everything becomes automatic. It's mm-hmm. sort of the, so. The next question that you could ask is, okay, what do you see yourself doing now, or or after you've thought of that, what's emerging for you? Mm-hmm. And then they start, you know, like talking about the things that they want to do now. And you know, this is something that gets taught in coaching school. They they say that if you take care of the who. Mm-hmm. The what will take care
0: of itself. Okay. What I mean? about the why?
1: Yeah, I, I guess the why is sort of built into the who because mm-hmm. it's your reason for existence. Mm-hmm. And if you can identify, like what, what, like you said, like the guitar is a symbol for hope,
0: mm-hmm. and there are
1: other things that you wanted to do, maybe for your kids. Mm-hmm. And the moment people see a future that they have not seen before.
0: Everything else becomes easy, you know, like what mm-hmm. to do next, key next steps, and all of that stuff. Uh huh. So that's from a coach's point of view. Now, if you were wearing a mentor's hat, would you be doing it differently?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. So if someone specifically came and said, "Hey, can you give me tips on," and it, it was clear that the arrangement is a mentoring arrangement, not a coaching mm-hmm. arrangement, mm-hmm. you know, people are are finding out now that one of the quickest ways to get rid of, you know, this feeling of being lethargic is by getting some sun. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. this is the reason why they have seasonal affective disorder in places like Chicago. Every Mm -hmm. time it gets gloomy,
0: people get depressed. Uh Uh-huh. Is that why people from Florida and uh, uh, Southern California seem to be, you know, more easygoing? There is so much more alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sun and, and
1: well, scientifically speaking, it's vitamin D three. Mm-hmm. Vitamin D three gets people a little bit more, you know, active and alive. And and you know, I heard that in Africa when when, when someone's feeling down, they tell him go run out in the you know, open air or something, you know, like mm-hmm. just expose yourself to to the to, to nature. Mm-hmm. And it does something to them, especially walking barefoot. Like who would have thought that walking barefoot actually does something positive
0: for you? Feel the ground, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh Very nice. Very interesting. You know, um, another thing is probably uh, uh, daily habits, uh, waking habits of people. Um, People ask me, uh, you know, most of the time they ask me, what time do you wake up, George? And I say four o'clock. Four o'clock in the morning. And they say, why? Mm. Because if, if I wake up when the sun's up, I get a migraine all day long. Oh. And I feel useless. And um, so they found it funny, uh, bordering on the ridiculous. But then um some of them actually did the same thing. Mm. Because they asked me, so what do you do when you wake up? Well, oh, first thing I do is pray, uh, do my prayers, and then um get myself in the right frame of mind uh, to tell myself that uh, this is going to be a fantastic day. All right? Uh, The the positive thinking. And then I start with uh, the usual coffee, breakfast, doing my crossword puzzles, which somehow uh, stimulates my mind already. So uh, by the time I finish the crossword puzzles and the newspapers and everything at breakfast, I'm ready for the day. And uh, some of them, actually did the same thing and now they're very grateful because they seem to, you know, um, be more prepared now in welcoming the day in front of them, whatever uh, the challenges may be. Wow. So that's my, that's my, I don't know, that's my, I don't know if you might call it... uh, Formula? Formula or whatever, but um, it has... uh, been successful with uh, some, some students of mine, some trainees of mine, and hopefully I could share that with other people as uh, the days go on. But that's how it is. Start your day uh, in the proper frame of mind and uh, definitely uh, everything's gonna be fine. Wow, that's interesting. And I heard you sleep early too, right? Yeah, um, I got rid of television. The only thing I watch on television is sports. Mm. Uh, A a, a little basketball, a little volleyball, but that's it. Uh, I'd rather, you know, uh, end my day reading a book. Uh, But uh, I'm not like the the George before where I had to finish a book a day. Uh, (laughs) I I don't really finish a book a day anymore, but I read. I read some and then it's lights out. By uh, yeah. then, I get my eight hours of sleep. Still, when I wake up at four. Wow! Awesome. Yeah. So um, that's just about it. Well, anyway, um, I guess I guess uh, different strokes are different folks. Uh, I I thought I thought I was a night person because I used to go out a lot at night, right? Yeah. But, um, realizing that um, you know uh, this is a much better deal, maybe as you get older. That's how it is. Uh, A lot of people say, when you get older, you wake up earlier. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's because uh, you want to take advantage of your waking hours because eventually you're going to be sleeping forever. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. That's just a crazy thought of mine. Anyway, uh, we're going to be uh, doing this again. Hopefully, uh, you're, you're still going to be available next week. Uh, this is this is fun, actually, and I'm sure our our listeners uh, will be looking forward to more uh, of the ideas you put in. And of course, um, uh, not to forget, not to forget, RV is available for coaching and mentoring. Can you give them details or your contact details so, uh, you know, they can give you a call, get in touch with you? Oh, like LinkedIn. They can search my name. RV Villamarzo. That's an A-R-V-Y. RV Villamarazo So uh, go to LinkedIn and search for him and you're in business. You'll be in touch with each other. Uh, RV, thank you so much once again for joining us. And uh, hopefully we can still go on and on and on with this because it's really very interesting. Thank you, right? George. Okay, and uh, I'll see you again next week. Folks, we'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining Masterclass. This is brought to you by Cutprint Productions and Cutprint Podcast Network. Till then, ad maiorem de gloriam. Good night. God bless.